Welcome to the Guitar Dads Podcast, the podcast for guitar dads by guitar dads. This week, Dave's been hiding gear. Matt really needs to finally clean himself up. A new band is a super spreader. And tonight, we're joined by Philip Carter, host of the 40 Watt Podcast. Another pod collision in the music universe this week on the Guitar Dads Podcast. Now, two guys who consider this a podcast super group, Matt and Dave and Philip. Hello, everybody. I'm Matt. And I'm Dave. Welcome to the pod, everybody. And we got Philip here. Hey, guys. How's it going? Thank you so much for joining us. Those, those, those of our listeners that are out there who don't listen to the 40 Watt podcast, you guys are missing out on a ton. We're going to get into this in a little bit, but um, uh, we really appreciate you joining us. Yeah, no, it's a blast. It's, it's good to get back into it because uh, depending, you know, dating when this comes out, you know, I've I've not had a podcast the past week because work's been so busy. So it's good oh. because you guys are my warm up back into the process of getting episodes out there. So oh, there, oh, there you go. go. Yeah. All right. Great. So there you go. You'll be on the Internet, you know, even when it's not your own episode. Right. So it's like <laughs> it's the best of both worlds, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's getting to talk and having someone else do the work. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good. We get, yeah, it's, it's great. So thanks for coming, man. So. I think what we'll do is we'll get into, well, you know, a little bit later, we're going to learn a little bit more about you, uh, Philip, sure. but let's get, let's get into our first s- segment on the podcast, which is news and notes. All right. Hey, hit, the notes. hit the jingle. News and notes. <laughs> we, we really need to get a jingle. Yeah, I got to write a jingle. You're right. <laughs> All right. What do we got this week? What's going on in the guitar daddery world? So I don't know. You guys have heard about this, but there is a new super group out there uh, formed by members of Soundgarden, Pearl Jam and Nirvana. And um, and I and this other uh, this vocalist, Jillian Ray, who I guess sings for uh, the basis of Nirvana, uh, Chris no- uh, Novoselic and his group, the uh, Giants yeah. in the Trees. So the group, the, the group is called Third Secret and it has uh, Kim Thale and it has Matt Cameron. From um, Kim Thale from yeah. Soundgarden, the guitar player. From Soundgarden, yeah. yep. Yeah. Matt Cameron from Pearl Jam. Yeah, um, drummer and, Matt Cameron, and other right? fame. Yep. And um and and Chris Novoselic, who was the bassist for Nirvana. Um and then this other and this woman Jillian Ray. Have you guys heard about this? I don't know who Jillian Ray is. <laughs> neither yeah, neither do I. I just, yeah. So I, I I I you know what? I didn't get a chance to to listen to to anything yet. I don't know if they put anything out, but I just I think they did. I think they ago. I think they put out some stuff and you can listen to it. I'm interested to hear it. Yeah. I mean, this is kind this is kind of a cool group, honestly. I mean, this is going to be I mean, I don't know about anything about the, the, the vocalist, but it, it could be potentially incredibly cool. Right. Wait, 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 what are your thoughts on the whole grunge thing, Philip? Oh, so uh, <laughs> I, I talked about this on my podcast a while back earlier this year. Uh, I went on a um, and I did badly, but I'm still trying. <laughs> I did this thing where I was trying to listen to an album a day and I picked, I picked a genre every month. And so, um, I decided to start with, you know, known territory for me. I stuck, started with blues in January, but I picked like a bunch of albums that are like quintessential albums, but somehow I had not listened to them yet. You know, I'd always, I've played songs or other people have talked about these artists and like, I just never sat down and listened. Well, February was grunge. And so I I sat down and listened because I missed that boat entirely. I, 
you know, yes, I heard Nirvana and yes, I heard some Soundgarden and yes, I uh, heard some Pearl Jam. You couldn't escape it if you were growing up in, in the 90s. Yeah. But I I never dug in because I didn't really get into music until my late teens. So and so so late 90s. So by then, you know, what was on the radio by then wasn't Pearl Jam and Soundgarden. No, it was totally different. Yeah. Blowfish and Matchbox 20. And yeah, that's right. And right. the Wallflowers, who I still love to this day. Freaking- oh, yeah. Wallflowers. We have to talk. Dave, we have to put them on a whatever happened to. We do no, a we thing, really uh, Philip, on this podcast. We do a thing called whatever happened to. And we've been focusing on those late 90s band that have just kind of disappeared like Third Eye Blind. Yeah. Uh, f- fuel. Um, we did a few other ones, too. So anyway. Live, the remember the band Live? They were awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah, Live was yeah. good. Are the Wallflowers still together? Are they still performing? I think they are. I think they've, I, don't quote me, I know they've gone on a tour relatively recently. They may have a new album out. The last album I remember was Red Letter Days, and I think that was in the late 2000s, maybe early 2020-teens. Oh, okay. But, but I digress. So okay. Grunge <laughs> completely missed me. Um, so I went back and I listened to some of the quintessential albums. But of course, like all New Year's resolutions, I fell off and didn't listen to an album a day. And so I'm behind again. But it's a lot of listening. That's a lot yeah. of listening. It is a lot of listening, but it is one of those things where I, I challenged myself this year to listen to more music and, and less podcasts. Um, oh. but I love podcasts, but uh, I I found that I was spending all of my time listening to podcasts and audiobooks and not music. And so I felt like I really needed to challenge myself, really enjoyed what I did listen to, but I'm not going to sit here and name off, you know, band members or song titles or heck even album names at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay. Yeah, but okay. So you got into this. You have a little bit of background. I mean, I think this is interesting. I think Kim Thale from Soundgarden is awesome. You know, even though like Chris Cornell, you know, of course, Chris Cornell was one of a kind and amazing. I mean, a lot of the sound you heard, that kind of grinding guitar you heard in the song Soundgarden, he was really behind that as Kim Thale. So, oh, yeah, he's he's an incredible um, guitarist. He's he's cool. So I don't know. I think this could be actually extremely good. So we'd have to check it out. I, like I said, I, a lot of it depends on the on the, on the vocalist. So it's like, who knows? Um, I think it's 100 percent going to hinge on the singer because yeah. think, think about those three bands. As great as those musicians are, and I don't want to say any, you know, not a word to say about them. Those bands were successful because of the person who sang and wrote the songs. It's true. It's true. true. Just true, man. So this is the thing. It's like, while this is cool and these guys are kind of getting together, it's like, you know, is this going to be super exciting? I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. It could be. I think I think it could the, be, I, yeah. I find it to be. Well, I, I think it really depends on on the style of music they're going to play. Is it going to be closer to kind of their roots or is it going to be something a little bit different? Right. Because, yeah, then you look at like the singer that I find it kind of interesting, because if it is kind of like grungy in a way, I find it really intriguing to hear what maybe a great female vocalist could do over stuff like that. Yeah, you know? that's the other thing is thinking of those quintessential if they're going to be true to where they came from at which i'm not saying that if they did something else they wouldn't be being true but you know yeah, if they're yeah, playing yeah. That style um there weren't as many grunge vocalists out there in fact i'm scared to name one for fear that all of the grunge army is going to come after me <laughs> they weren't grunge you know like i think of bands like uh who would be in that time period that would really fit i don't know i mean dude the no. great ones i mean if we're honest the great ones are dead. You know, yeah. the ones that come to mind for me are, are obviously Chris, Chris Cornell 
and um um uh, oh geez dave why am i scott scott wyland scott wyland from stp yeah. stone temple pilots and um you know then there's cobain i don't think cobain was really known for his for his voice but you know although it was unique it yeah was, it was, was unique. i was just gonna say yeah it was absolutely. unique it's kind of like it a neil so young unique. thing right like yeah. he had it was communicative i think that's the way to think about it really was that you know i know the so. female fronted band i was trying to think of was veruca salt oh yeah oh, veruca yes. salt. also also garbage garbage so, yeah yeah garbage. shirley manson yeah yeah are they gonna come along that vibe or are they gonna be something totally different like yeah. and It'll be interesting to see. I, I'm going to listen. I'll, I'll I'll definitely listen. Yeah, I think Probably this is a couple of times because usually first time I listen to something new, I do that old man thing where it's ah, it's new. I don't like it. You know? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I agree. That, so that's like what, that, that's like that get off my lawn mentality. Yes. And you're like, well, you know what? Maybe you could come hang out for a little while on my lawn because I kind of like I call I call it the old man shouts a cloud syndrome, too. So mm-hmm. we, we have that yeah. problem. We have yes. that problem too, like from Simpsons, Old Man Shouts at Cloud. Oh, yeah. Um, we're a little bit like that. But the theme of this podcast, well, part of it is keep rock alive. And part of what we do every week is try to give a band, like a new band that's doing something that we think is cool. And we like I to like shout that. it out to people. So a little bit later. So, well, you know, I usually spring it on guests, but I'll give you that, like, we'll give you a heads up. Like, try to think about a band sure. that you'd like to shout up and maybe not everybody knows about yeah. that's like a newer band and we can, you can think about that and we'll hit, we'll hit it later in the pod. <laughs> Sounds good. So uh, what's the next, you know, speaking of grunge, the next thing on speaking our, our grunge, list is Cobain, right? Cobain's guitar. His guitar is up for auction. What do you think it's going to go for? That, now that, let's just be clear about which guitar, this which is. guitar, this yeah, is right, the exactly. smells like teen this spirit. Is the smells guitar. like teen spirit. This is the guitar. Well, yes. the, 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 what everybody envisions uh, when they picture Kurt Cobain playing a guitar, this is what pretty much everybody pictures in their head. Right. Exactly right. And they're thinking this is going to go. And of course, all these auctions, they lowball it, but this actually seems higher than I would expect them to actually have said, but I'm sure it'll go for more. They're saying 600 to 800,000. Oh, I think this, yeah, this is going well over a million. It could even get to two. So it's, it's interesting. What do you think? What do you guys think? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, I have no concept of where that would go for. I, I mean, I, I that sometimes you think about that might be, it, it depends on, I don't know. I mean that he's, he's such an iconic name. And that's such an iconic guitar. I don't know. Mm. It depends on, it depends on who, like, I, I don't, I have no idea. I have really no concept. Okay. So here's the question you've got to ask. Right, let's um, hear it, if, <laughs> do you think he had more or less influence and those he influenced <laughs> who has money right now, because yeah. that's where it's going to be, you know, did he have more or less influence than David Gilmore? Oh, that's a good question. That's a, he that's de- a great yeah, question. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, then I mean, you can base it because we know what David Gilmore's strat went to. By the way, Jim Ursay, owner of the Colts, bought that one. That's right. Uh, and, and Jim Ursay is somehow involved in this one or something. So, so here's the thing Ursay also bought the acoustic that Cobain used on MTV Unplugged. That's right. That's right. Oh, he did. Oh, so it's okay. highly, it, that's, thank you. It's somehow, I, I got to believe that Ursay is going to gonna snag oh, this one believe it. he's yeah. gonna he's a huge he's a big guitar guy so yeah yeah he's and gonna he, he's gonna snag this one and it's gonna probably go for tons of money because other guys are gonna be into it yeah. but that's actually interesting right because i would think it would be guys young i don't know how old Ursay is but he's an older gentleman 
isn't he? Yeah. He's not like in his forties or anything. No, he's um, got to be in his sixties. I would assume. Let's let, let's Google him. Uh, yeah, I'm all about the googling. <laughs> man, so. man googles while 62. on podcasts. Oh, so yeah. So he's not like that's kind of not his uh, generation, but he's obviously a fan of this kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, this, obviously he already dropped it on the acoustic at this point. Exactly. So he you go you know he's got his eyes on this, and it's you know. Yeah. We'll and and something I like about Jim Ursay, you know, I've, I'm a lifelong Indianapolis Colts fan. Actually, oh, are you? Okay. Um, <laughs> I think he's made some boneheaded decisions, you know, letting Peyton <laughs> leave. Yep. Um, I mean, come on, it was funny because I was sitting in a bar. So Peyton Manning's been let go. They let him leave. Um, he didn't want to leave. Uh, and then, like literally two months later, Jim Ursay gets busted with like sixty thousand dollars worth of drugs. And in a, in that's a- right. Yeah, that's right. And and I'm sitting at the bar watching this like news story, and I was like, "That's why." Like I immediately was like, "He's on drugs." <laughs> that's why I let Peyton Manning go. Um. So, but he um. One of the things I really appreciate is that he's he's a collector, obviously, but he lets these mu- these instruments out of his house to go with musicians to record albums. He and does. And do things. So these aren't instruments that he's just hoarding up in a room somewhere. These instruments are actually getting used and getting played still. So so some respect there. Seriously, getting these. No, instruments I, I heard about there. that. That that's a great point. I heard about that when he when he bought the Gilmore guitar. He's like, no, no, like you know, I heard like people. Oh no, he actually lets people play him and he loans them out. And it's like, wow, like that's unbelievable. So that's you know I agree. If it goes to him, that'll be in good hands, as far as I'm concerned. But I'm, it's I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess four to six. By the way, you're gonna guess four to six. I think wow. four. To wow. So you think this wow. is gonna exceed the what? What was the Gilmore guitar? Two something, right? Uh, I thought it was more than that. Was it? Yeah, I think it was. High. I think it was really. Maybe high. you guys are right. Sorry, hold on. <laughs> We've talked about this before on the pod. I just can't remember the number, but I think it was really. Yeah, high it, it went for twenty one million. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Oh no, no, I'm sorry. That was no, 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 no. That was that was total. That was the total collection. That was, that was the total collection. Yeah, yeah. It was four million. No, four right? Million. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Typical uh, guitar dad's podcast. I'm yeah, we're not prepared. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but that I think that I, I don't know. I mean, it also depends. Like, so let's say Ursay is not. I'm mean, sure he's going to be in the bidding for this because he's just sure. he's a guitar guy. But so Rolling Stone was, is. I'm sorry, Dave. Rolling Stone is saying slightly more than five. Wow. Okay. For Gil for the Gilmore. Yeah. And the, the Black Strat was Strat was four million three million nine seventy five. Yeah. But also okay. inflation. So. Right. Sorry. Go ahead, Dave. But yeah. So okay. Yeah, so, so you think this is going to go for more? You think this is going to be the most expensive guitar, like at, at auction at least. I think it's got to be because okay. as much as, you know, there, there's shade that's thrown around at grunge and Kurt Cobain and his guitar ability and everybody's seen the clip where he says he doesn't even know what the chords are called. You know, <laughs> everybody's seen it. Um, He's got to be like the most influential. He literally stopped an entire genre. He did. He did. He, he single handedly killed hair metal. He did. Yes. You know what's you funny, uh, Philip? I, I, played I think it's a, a great point. I played in a cover band um, with guys that are a little bit older than me. Steve, if you're listening, I love you. Um, <laughs> you're not that old. You're great. Um, <laughs> but he, um, but they, they were had like when they were younger, they had like a hair metal cover band just rolling. And then they said they're like Cobain came and like gone, like our gigs like gone, like right up almost almost overnight. 
And here's the thing. And, he hate, Phillips- and they hate him to this day. He still hates them. I think he, if you go, if you look in our group, he commented, Steve commented, and he goes, oh, yeah, no thanks. And it's like, yeah, I know you love him, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> but to Philip's point, though, I mean, I think like everybody knows, everybody knows who Pink Floyd, who, who Pink Floyd is, right? But if you said the name David Gilmore, not everybody knows exactly who that is. Everybody knows who Kirk. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a good yeah. point. And, and and the whole like lore around him, he's dead, you know, like this is, I agree with you. I think this could just be massive, you know? So yeah, I think, I think this will be the, the most expensive guitar ever sold at auction. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. It's pretty interesting. It's pretty cool. Um, all right. What, you, what else we got, Dave? We got any more news this week? Oh, just real quick. I heard, I read an interview today with, uh, with Gene Simmons commenting oh, on how, oh, here difficult we go. It is, how difficult it is to perform. And now we're not big kiss fans on this podcast, but anyway, I <laughs> this digress. is not sacred to us on this podcast. <laughs> no, well, um, at, hold there, on, there. I just hurt myself rolling my eyes, <laughs> <laughs> but he commented how like today is like, he, he commented actually a number, he, he called out a number of singers that would not yeah, be able to perform in the kiss in the kiss outfits in the in their in their costumes uh including like mick jagger bruno mars beyonce bono and he was commenting about how difficult it is to be performing especially at his age in the in the gear and all that stuff and i'm thinking so my question is like what do we think of like you know i don't know what else to call them but like in terms of like costume acts you know because there's some, there's a bunch of bands out there's there, right? always like, going like, to be costume slipknot acts. and there's ghost yeah. and there's all but what do we think of them um, do we not, do we not do we not appreciate the shtick in a way or is it shtick or is it insane just like, clown posse? There's a bunch of clown posse. There's a bunch here of come the mummies. I mean, I, if you're not hip to here come the mummies, you really need. To check I definitely them out. don't know here oh, come okay. the mummies, but they, they they're a funk band that performs fully in you know case like mummies. It's it's oh wow that's all, that's kind of awesome. Yeah, but yeah, I think the music has to follow it. Honestly, I mean, if it's just a shtick, it can't be it can't be great, right? So, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's my stand. I, I appreciate Kiss. I appreciate um, what they did for rock and roll showmanship. Yeah. Um, if you actually, here's a really interesting side tangent for you. Um, I, 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 in my teens, and I'm not even ashamed to say it anymore. I was a massive <laughs> Garth Brooks fan. Okay. Um, All right. Oh no, that's nothing to be ashamed. Oh, he's about legit. That. He's um, legit. Garth Brooks said the number one influence on him for his stage show was Kiss. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's interesting. Show from makes oh. sense. Makes sense, right? Yeah. And I can tell and you he what put on, he put on some major. He put on some huge stage shows. At one point, uh, Garth Brooks went on a three-year t- world tour. Three years on the road. Oh yeah, he wow. was he was massive, wow. right? Yeah. yeah, he was he was something else. No, and I think that's right. And Kiss, I think overall Kiss was pretty influential just in music. Like, there's a lot of guitar players of that era that really look up to ace uh, freely you know like yeah. really do and absolutely you know you could argue like ace isn't the greatest greatest guitar player but you know he had some cool like licks and riffs and stuff and it's like that and like i think the showmanship kind of added to it all and, and made a lot of people pick up the guitar in that era so but you know there's, yeah. there's a point where that doesn't matter as much i like to talk about uh, the album back in black um, oh yeah because that album, I don't remember how many songs, what, 11 songs, 10 songs, something like it that. Had yeah. One guitar sound. It had one drum the whole sound, time. It had one bass sound. Yeah. And yet all of those songs were unbelievable. And I'm not here to tell you that Angus Young was, you know, the greatest guitar player on the planet. I'm going to get completely lambasted. You're going to get you're going to get killed. <laughs> on you're going to get killed. And, 
he's in he was incredible because it was his voice that's in right. the same way that cobain fronted that band and he may not be like the greatest singer i'm gonna air quotes it he was the only person who could have sang for nirvana i think that's right, right. i think you got it man well it's the same with jimmy page like jimmy page like back in the day like especially if you saw him live it was kind of sloppy it was kind of wild but that was the thing like that yeah, was right. like it was awesome you know, like There's I do, only, I do hold Jimmy Page at a pretty high pedestal, but too. I totally, I totally understand when people say like, uh, you know, he wasn't the greatest player. Like Eddie Van Halen is where it's at. And it's like, yes, Eddie Van Halen had that technicality that was unbelievable. Um, and you know, he did all these things, but like, I mean, you watch a live Zeppelin show and there's just something magical there about it. So yep. there's only a hand there. There's only a, for me, like there's only a handful of guitarists. I mean, and to Philip's point with this, like the, where you could hear only a few notes, turn it off and you could name the guitarist. And, yep. and Angus is one of them. He just Angus had, is totally his, one of them. His son and Jimmy page is another Eddie Van Halen's another, you know, um, but I mean, there's not like tons. There's not a lot. Out there's, there not a lot. Can, there's not a lot. There's not a lot. But anyway, Gene always has to stick his nose and be like, I feel like Gene, like every few years, he's like, I'm not relevant enough. I got to go make some controversial statement. Oh, and yeah, Kiss, he's, he's the king. He's the king of like trying to be. Oh, yeah. He's a you know he's I mean? a he's a like he's like a master of like, you know, PR marketing and, yeah. and marketing and manipulation of uh, people. You know, it's like it's like this guy's unbelievable. But yeah. And, you know, Kiss is another one. I think we did want to get into this because it was a dust up um dave maybe we just get into this now there was a dust up on the internet about about the bands that use backing tracks in their live shows oh all right um there's i don't know i mean it depends who you uh follow i don't think it was a widespread thing but there was a lot of stuff going around i think it was eddie trunk do you know who eddie Eddie trunks eddie trunks like the band leader for this yeah so and i I agree with them yeah so he he put out a video of a band in la i forget the band's name he put out an unknown band in la um he put you know not unknown but you know not like a widely known band and it was like blatant like the like the guy stepped away from the mic and went back to talk to his uh, drummer and the vocals were just going and you know and uh, eddie trunks like this is the example this is what i'm always talking about with tracks but kiss is known to use tracks because paul stanley sadly just doesn't have it anymore and you know and instead of you know unlike bon jovi who just goes uh, for it and honestly doesn't sound that good um he, he they have backing tracks and it's like and you know and some people feel like well this really takes away from the live experience and i tend to agree with that you know it's like if you're gonna do a show you know, just give it to me live, you know, um, you know, you do what Bon Jovi does have a have a bunch of people on stage who can sing and kind of cover you if you can't hit the old parts, you know? Yeah, do what Bon Jovi does tune down six steps. Well, I don't even think he does. That. I mean, but I, well, I, I think, you know, <laughs> no, that no, wasn't no, on the be. news. Listen, that, I'm a, I'm a huge Bon Jovi fan, but you know. we're going to save Bon Jovi for another episode because the latest yeah. stuff coming out of his live tours is not good. His vocal, uh, his vocals. It, it's bad. We'll talk about so that later. I want, I want to actually want to talk about the vocal thing for a second because it yeah, matters. Go ahead. Um, yeah. So if you go back and listen to a bunch of live tracks of Zeppelin live, and I'm talking in the 70s, I'm not talking go way back. I'm talking like for far forward. Sorry, I should say in the 70s, yeah. they're tuning down in the 70s because Robert Plant can't hit those notes live. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing. And this is a so. My undergrad is in music and I have a lot of friends who are are classical singers and operatic singers. The way popular musicians sing, the way we expect them to sing that 
that just absolute full throat, full voice, high pitch. We love the tenors and the sopranos. Yes, we do. Human voice is not prepared to do that 200 dates a year. It just isn't. It can't do it. You can't survive it. Um, Adele, this is, I, I don't think I'm spilling any tea here. I'm pretty sure it was all in the news, but she up like in 2019, she had her third vocal surgery. That's true. And she did it in oh, Boston. Wow. She said, we live in, we live in the Boston area. She did it yeah. in the guys in Boston and, and mass general are some of the best in the world. And Steven Tyler went to them and she's gone to them. You know, it's funny. So I have, I, I, I want to touch on that. Cause this is interesting. I, I have, a, I've, I've sang in cover bands and original bands and stuff for a long time. And a few years ago, I had some vocal issues and I went to a vocal um, kind of coach and it was the guy that coached uh, Steven Tyler after the surgery. And he said to me, he goes, all the, the vocalists, because he listened to like my band and stuff. And he goes, all these vocalists that you're trying to emulate and that you idolize sing incorrectly. And if you try to sing like them, you will destroy your voice. That's, that, that, he's just flat out said that to me. And I was like, well, this is, I'm like, that's depressing. He goes, well, no, there's ways you can do it that it's safe, you know? And so, anyway, yeah, but so you, I think you're dead on with that, man. I don't, I don't get, also, we have unrealistic, uh, this isn't saying Bon Jovi is, you know, not losing his, his ability, but yeah, he probably is because he's maintained an insane source, uh, tour schedule, but right. we have an unrealistic expectation of live vocals. We haven't... We, Auto tune. I'm not. I'm not here to crucify or exalt uh, auto tune, <laughs> but auto tune and the expectation of perfect vocals on records has ruined the human expectation of what live vocals sound like. This is awesome. That's, a, that's a very this. good point. Yeah. And so what happens is if somebody plays live and they're a little off, I've I've seen people miss a couple of notes. And people roast the entire performance. Oh, no, that's like, not fair. Yeah, you've yeah. obviously never sung live. Yeah, you exactly. Don't right. understand what this is like. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and and great singers, great singers still miss notes. First of all, and great singers learn how to handle it and make it work. I remember watching a video of Martina McBride again, country, but she's easily one of the best country vocalists to ever. And she goes to yeah, she's great. Oh, she's song, fantastic. Super high note, and she misses it. Oh, she's interesting. She, okay. she goes to hit the final note and she's flat. What does she do? She holds it and holds oh, it interesting. and holds it until the very last second she pushes it up. So it looks totally and sounded totally intentional. It's that jazz mentality. Oh, hit a wrong note, hit it twice and it sounds on purpose. Yeah, yeah that, that, then it's intentional. Is that all oh, that? That's 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 great. So so that's the thing. You get these seasoned performers. You know, we've noticed this with Miles Kennedy. We're a huge Miles Kennedy's fan. We love we love Alter Bridge. We love what he does with Slash. And and he, you know, he, you know, they put out a lot of live albums and he will duck out of notes. He, mm -hmm. he 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 will. is really cognizant. I mean, he's also a little bit superhuman if we're just honest. But yeah. but but he also will duck out of notes and he will watch his voice. And if you read interviews with him, he talks about that how he will do that to maintain his voice for the next show because he's another one that just tours. You know, he's with Alter Bridge, he's with Slash, he's with also the solo like tour, and, and he doesn't sing low tune stuff. You know, it's it's so it's so important, you know, and I think you're right. I think we as the public that are consuming this stuff need to understand that, you know, take it easy on this on the singers a little bit because it's like 
you know, it's like, even though even I say this, even though we completely bash Anthony Kiedis last week <laughs> on the podcast, well, but he's Anthony, just like, he's never been good. I mean, he's on. the weakest link of the Red Hot Chief. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he totally is. is. But Philip, let me ask you, how, how much, how much of that, I, I like what you're saying about the, like that expectation, but how much of that expectation do you think has pop music kind of influenced in a way? Because I think it's like, as rock fans, we kind of expect that we go to a show, we're going to, we hear a lot of differences from what we would expect to hear on an album. Right. Sure. So, and I think as rock fans, we, that's just a natural thing, but how much of that do you think comes from some of the, the, the pop music and the pop music fans that are out there where they're used to hearing these unbelievable vocals on, on, you know, album tracks, and then they go to see these artists live or they see them perform on TV, whatever, you know, where does that, yeah. where, do you think some of that has that influence? Uh, 100%. That's, that's that influence right there. Um, because if you listen to pop and and I am a I am an I truly am an all genres listener. You know, some people are like, oh, I listen to all genres. Then they start to talk about the things they don't listen to. <laughs> no, I, I have I have favorite artists in every genre. I listen to them all. But you listen to pop music and I love I can't believe I'm saying this like 10 years ago. I would have never admitted this. Um, I love bubblegum pop from the 90s and the 2000s. I actually really like it. I just listened to there's another podcast called Switched On Pop uh, oh. and it's a songwriter and a musicologist and they break down pop music from a musicological standpoint. Oh, cool. They just spent like a four part series on Britney Spears's voice and impact on music. And it's oh, incredible to listen to. Um, but absolutely, I especially point to that period. But th that those songs were catchy, man. They were, they were, they oh, were totally like Backstreet Boys had a string of just incredibly catchy songs in yeah. sync. Like Did just you know, same, you know? same person that wrote uh, Hit Me Baby One More Time is the same person that wrote Katy Perry's I Kissed a Girl. Oh, I did not oh, know. Really? That. Oh, really? Oh, interesting. Had a whole yeah, string yeah. of pop yeah, songs yeah. and that uh, and has sustained success. But that pop, that bubblegum pop, right in that era, that Britney, Christina, Backstreet Boys, yeah. in, um, you know, that stuff that was popular when I was in high school. And yeah, yeah. High school, that stuff was perfect. It's crystalline perfect. And we expect to hear that live. And it, when you expect to hear that live, that puts a lot of pressure on performers to bring it full circle for them to bring that full CD experience to the live stage, even though you and I both know they most people can't bring enough musicians to give that that performance that's <laughs> totally. on the record yeah. to, to a live performance. We're not all Taylor Swift, uh, you know. Yeah, well, it's that. Well, you that, saw that. Yeah, you saw that back the then. You saw that back then, too. There was a there was a lot of criticism for artists being out there accused of lip syncing. And you mm -hmm. see videos that like proof that there was lip syncing going on. But then a lot of the uh, the stuff that you would hear from the artists was you know, how do you, how do you dance around the stage, run around? You, you can't be yeah, singing yeah. and hitting those notes and doing the same stage yeah. performance that you really want to, you know, provide for your audience. I was just going to say that. Live. Yeah. I, I was going to bring that up, Dave. Cause it's like, you want that. And you also want the dancing and the choreography. It's like, right. this you is unbelievable, you know? So it's like, if you see like, wow, that person is singing hundred percent live and jumping around and dancing. Like that's, that's kind of unbelievable that they were able to pull that off. And I'll give you a lip syncer that most people don't think of. And this is this is probably uh, sharing a little more than that artist would probably want me. They'll never come on my podcast, so it'll be fine. Um, <laughs> we talked about Millie. We talked about Millie Vanilli last week. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> this is down y'all's alley. So yeah, let's hear. Let's I, hear. I used to be the audio engineer and the uh, assistant uh, manager of Ground Zero Blues Club, Clarksville, Mississippi. Oh, okay. uh, Morgan Freeman owns it. 
Um, I've, I've gotten really or had a, is a partial owner. Um, I've had great honor of meeting a lot of really great musicians, but cool, I've man. also met a lot of great audio techs and studio <laughs> guys and folks like that. We had this one guy coming through with a crew who was recording this big live. I can't remember which of the big events we had at, at Ground Zero that he was recording, but he was part of the um, the truck that was recording the performances to put out some DVD or CD or something like that. And he used to work at oh, I'm going to get this. The record plant. Is that the L.A. huge studio? Anyway, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So he if I'm getting that name wrong, I apologize. Somebody's going to know the right name. Someone who will comment on us. Yeah. So <laughs> he um he worked there and he worked one of the trucks for the studio. So they would go to the big concerts and the big festivals where they'd want to record the live performances, maybe turn them into uh, albums or releases yeah. like that. Well, he was working one show and there was one particular artist. The manager came and banged on the truck door and came and just grilled them about how they were handled, what they were doing, how they were going to do it. And basically told them, do not mess these tracks up because the band was about to perform live and everyone was sinking oh. the entire band, except the bass player. The bass player was playing live. Wow. I don't know why. And like, do not mess this up. And that was Rob Zombie. Oh, wow. wow. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Rob Zombie with wow. John Five. Yeah. Now, wow. I, don't know, that... I don't know if this was for that performance. Maybe something was up. Maybe something wasn't working the way it normally would. So maybe that wasn't their norm. But we need to not pretend that pop is the only art musical oh. form that does this yeah. you know it's, it's out there all over the place and sometimes there's a very valid reason there's a reason they don't always but they should they <laughs> pre-record the super bowl halftime show and oh, honestly yeah. they oh, should yeah. pre-record the national anthem no they totally should we, we we've talked about this, the super bowl all the time it's like you can't reasonably expect them to be able to pull off a whole live thing where people are singing live like it's really yeah. difficult and we were singing talking about this live, with, and if yeah. you sung in a stadium you know how long it is between you singing it and you hearing it back and it's just it's impossible well i haven't done that i would like to but i haven't but <laughs> <laughs> that's cool that's cool though well, yeah that's it so that's an interesting take yeah so you know it is what it is with these bands that are doing their thing. But it to me, it's even more impressive when you see bands that you know aren't doing that kind of stuff. Yep. And it still sounds great. And you're like, wow, like this is, I can tell that this is real. Like we saw, um, you know, we have to bring them up every, every, um, every podcast. We have this band that we love called Dirty Honey. Have you heard of them? Uh, yeah, Philip? I have heard of yeah, them. Yeah. So we saw Dirty Honey with, um, with EV8, not EVH, with uh, Wolfgang <laughs> Van Halen, Mammoth. Yeah, with Wolf Mammoth. And there was a show with the two of them, like a co-headliner and they were both. And they actually talked about this, like on some interviews, like, no, we're doing it all live. They're on tracks and, and they just brought it. And it's so impressive even Wolf, to watch even, Wolf, even yeah. Wolf. Yeah. He went up to Wolf, the, he yeah. went up to the keyboard to, and he was playing keys and, and back and, you know, between he kept going back and forth between keys or he played the intro to a song on the keys. And then he, and then he had his guitar with them. And, and that's the thing. And he, made like, the I, he made that yeah. comment. Like, you know, you come out, you expect to hear real live rock and roll. Mm -hmm. uh, this is what I'm going to deliver, you know? And nobody would have given a good him a point though. Yeah. You but nobody would have given Philip. him a hard time though, Dave, if he had a track that literally played a keyboard intro, like nobody cares about that, but you know, he really is a purist. Some people do. He said that, you know, because literally that's all he did. He went back there, played an intro, and then he's 
playing guitar and singing again. It's like, wow, that seemed unnecessary, but I, I, I respect it so yeah. much. These bands that can do this. So, so it's awesome. But no, I think that's, I think it's interesting when, you know, th- there are some reasons for why people do this, right. There's an experience that they're trying to give you. So, yeah, I think you're I right. I gotta say, I was cool. a little shocked when you said it was Rob Zombie. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I, would, I'm I was, I'm, let shocked. That one sink I'm, in. I'm completely shocked on that. One. I, I intentionally buried that lead for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Good storytelling. So, um, Philip, talk to us about yourself a little bit. Talk to us about, you know, your podcast, what, what's going on. Give us sure. some background, man. Sure. So, yeah. Uh, I'm from Mississippi. For those that don't know, if you can't hear it in the accent, that's okay. I worked very hard <laughs> to get rid of my accent when I was 16 because uh, ashamed of my Southern accent, but I've since allowed it to come back. But, no, no, I like it. I like the accent. It's yeah, actually it's, funny. We have a friend of ours from North Carolina and I was comping to Dave before you joined. I'm like, he kind of sounds like our friend from North Carolina because it's the same <laughs> thing. Like you've been, you know, you work to not really have the accent, but it's kind of there. It's, it, it's good. It's yeah. good. You can only get rid of so much of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, uh, I, I got into playing guitar really late in life. I started at 18. I know a lot of people start way sooner than that in life. Uh, I, I went to, I didn't initially plan on going to music school. I went to school for other things. I won't even go through the myriad changes that I made. And then I quit worked full time for a while, decided that sucked. So I went back to college, studied music and had every intention and did for a while in that gap of play guitar for a very meager living. Um, you know, but for about seven, eight years there, I, you know, I paid rent and, and put food on my table playing nice. guitar. Um, it wasn't much, but it, that was how I did it. Yeah, that's great. And so went back to school, got my degree. Then, you know, you finish with a music degree. I'm like, what do I do now? Go back to food service? <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. What do I do now? So that's when I ended up in libraries because I needed a job. And I had a fraternity brother that worked at a library and he seemed to really like it. And so I was like, oh, I'll go apply at the library. It'll be great. And they told me they didn't have any openings. I left a resume and an application anyway. They called me in a couple of days later because they fired my fraternity brother. Um, oh, great. <laughs> so I um, that's how I got into libraries since then. I love what I do. Uh, I love working uh, with the public and, and community service and community uh I'm, I'm really into community development and economic development. I think libraries sure. are great place to do that. But the way I, you know, but I, I kept playing music. I'm still playing guitar the whole time, still playing as often as I can. Uh, blues bands, guitar for hire. I've done everything from nice, you know, uh, worship gigs on Sunday mornings to uh, high school and middle school show choirs would hire me to play for them for their competitions. Oh, and cool. Musicals. Very cool. You know, whatever somebody will hire me to play guitar for, pretty much what it is. Um, but then I had this idea for a podcast called Mississippi Made. <laughs> um, it's our it's 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 already made out there, so you can't beat me to it. It's fine. I don't I don't I don't you know it'll eventually it'll happen. But the idea was <laughs> I was gonna go around to these Mississippi blues festivals and talk to all of these Mississippi blues musicians I know. I really thought about it because I'd read these biographies. Uh one's called I am the blues and it's the biography Willie Dixon who wrote all the the Muddy Waters tunes and he was a songwriter and producer for for chess records. Uh, He was the one that sued Zeppelin over a whole lot of love. I mean, sued the shit out of him (laughs) and he won. That's right. He won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because they absolutely ripped off his song and he was one of the first African-American musicians to understand copyright. And so he was able to do that when the Stones came to the U.S. and wanted to meet other blues musicians. The first person they sought out was Willie Dixon in Chicago. It was great. Um, Read his biography. 
And it's very much North Chicago. Uh, you know, he moved from Mississippi to, to North Chicago, playing all these jazz clubs because he's a bassist and he did all these harmony things. But he's also writing this, you know, like electrified blues for chess records. Well, the next I read, the very next book I read was The World Don't Owe Me Nothing, which is Honey Boy Edwards biography. You can almost call it an autobiography. Honey Boy, I actually knew, you know, I'd hung out with Honey Boy in Mississippi and, you know, had drank with Honey Boy. Edwards. Oh, wow. Uh, and and that's my by the way, that's my two degrees to Robert Johnson, because Honey Boy Edwards was probably the last living person who had played with Robert Johnson. Oh, oh wow. So that's Very my, cool. That's my two degrees. And so read his autobiography. And it's similar in that Mississippi to Chicago. But yep. he had he was on the south side of Chicago playing all the gritty jukes and hustling in clubs. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I. I loved that story and the way it was told because the authors recorded him telling his story and then pieced it together and typed it up. You know what I mean? They just cool. let him talk. And I was like, oh, that'd be cool if somebody would be doing that, going around to these blues festivals, getting all these stories and putting them out as a podcast. Yeah. I was like, this would be great. That well, would be cool. <laughs> so I bought a ton of equipment. I bought microphones and a uh, the Roadcaster Pro and cases to put it all in and had planned to do it. It scheduled interviews. And that was February of 2020. Oh, of course. That story ending has happened so many times, obviously, <laughs> because of the pandemic. Yeah. But that's yeah. yeah. So none of that happened. So all this gear is just sitting, just sitting, no, doing nothing. But and you so plan to do you still plan to do this? Very, it's it's definitely in the works. Uh, it oh, may cool. take a slightly different shape or form because I'll be That's honest. Such some a of cool these, idea. Some of these blues guys, I'm not going to be able to get them to log onto a computer and to Zoom to record a podcast. You know what I mean? I'm going to need to go have to travel. Yeah, you're going to have to travel. Yeah, totally. we'll see. That's still on the plan, but I got you know as as 2020 wore on, I'm playing less guitar. I'm getting depressed. I'm getting anxious. I've never had anxiety in my life. Mm. suddenly 2020 happens and i'm an anxiety ridden just monster um and so i i just moved at the beginning like in march of 2020 well actually february 2020 i moved and so didn't know anybody here i'm not meeting anybody here um so i'm it's just me and my wife and our dogs and i'm isolated and i was like you know what i'll just start recording just start recording and I'm going to talk about anything like guitar wise. Yeah. And I think my very first episode, I was talking about the, the guitar center bankruptcy case. And, oh yeah. And so I recorded four episodes, a uh, 40 watt podcast. It's totally boring name. It's my favorite amplifier is the super reverb, which is a 40 watt amp. Um, yes. It took me way too long to come up with that podcast name. Uh, <laughs> I like it though. I like it. The yeah. We like, like it. It's like, I, I wonder how long Dave Matthews toiled over the name Dave Matthews. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, but I recorded the first four episodes and then um, I had another friend of mine, Clifton Worley. If y'all know Clifton, uh, he's a fellow Mississippian, had a podcast at one point. He's sort of on a long term hiatus. We'll see if he comes back. I think he should. But uh, nice. He and I had become friends through Facebook. Actually, we didn't even know each other in person at the time, even though we lived in the same state. So we got to talking and I brought him on the podcast just to talk and hang out. And we talked. and I was like, holy crap, this is way more fun. This is so much more fun than me just sitting here talking about gear 
into the, you know, yelling into the void about gear. So <laughs> episode five was when uh, I decided, you know what? This is an interview podcast. I want to just talk to people nice. and tell the stories. And and I love gear, and I know y'all do too. Yes, uh, we do. There's, there's a point where I get tired of talking about it, and I just want to hear stories. Yep. I, I, so I, I'm talking to makers and musicians and, and other podcasters and YouTubers and just talking about music and the industry and why we get way too obsessed about all this crap. <laughs> It's great, man. It work. It works great. Yeah. So, so everybody listening, you know, check out the the Forty Well podcast if you haven't checked it out. It's very yeah. Cool. It is really. It's really cool, and you do a great job with it. They, you can literally just like you know scroll down and pull up any episode. Even you know you're interviewing somebody that nobody's that you may not have heard. And yeah. It's it's yeah. Your interviews are very well done. I think you you know even though you say you don't prepare, I, I swear <laughs> to God you must. You know, and and you learn a lot. You really do. I I really enjoy listening to to a lot of different podcasts when I when I kind of just don't understand the topic as much, or if I don't know who the person is that's being interviewed, because you can just it's kind of just an, an open book now. You're just learning. You know. Yeah. No, that's totally. just the better way to do it is is listen to the podcasts that talk to people you don't know about. Yeah, that's, totally. That's, yeah, I, yeah I've I've discovered. So I used to listen to a well, I still listen to it occasionally. Uh, no. No uh, guitar is safe. Do you yeah. know this podcast? Jude Gold, Jude Gold does it. Uh, uh-huh. Funny story. I actually ran into Jude Gold at the Chicago. I think it was at O'Hare. And um, I went up to him and I go, are you Jude Gold? I recognize you. He was like so excited about it. He, he was such <laughs> a gracious guy. And I was like, I love the podcast, you know, and we talked for a little bit. It was awesome. Um, but yeah, that's a great podcast, but he'll have guitar players on that I've never heard of, you know, yeah. and I'm like, but then you listen and you're like, wow, this is, you know, you learn so much about, you know, you might learn about another genre that you don't really listen to all, all that much, or you might just learn about something that you didn't know, you know, maybe there's a band you didn't know about. So anyway, yeah. it's, it's very cool. And I think, I think you're taking a great approach to it and, and it's a lot of fun. So that's interesting. So you started around the pandemic, which is about when we started. So we've been at yep. this a similar amount of time. <laughs> Yeah, first episode was sometime in November of 2020. So okay, all right, there you go. Yeah, great. Yeah, I think I think Dave, we even started a little before that, right? Or I don't know. No, we start. No, we didn't. We didn't. We started, we started after started, that. It was we, January or February 21. 21. You're right. So we were after this. We were after. Now, truth this. be told, I've been trying to convince you to do a podcast for about four or five years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the background on Dave and I is we just love to talk about everything. And we're like, we should just, you know, not, not a lot. A lot of podcasts talk about gear like exclusively, but they don't really get into other things outside of it in terms of the music that the gear is used to make. Right. And um, and we have a, a, you know, we have a specific point of view about all this stuff. So we figured that people might want to hear it. And, you know, it turns out they kind of do. So it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, I think so it's anyway. a lot of fun to, to talk about it because that is the thing, right? It's it's the music. We can have yeah. all the gear. I mean, I can look behind both of you and see all the gear. See you the gear. Junk in the room. <laughs> but at the end of the day, if these guitars just sit on the wall and never get plugged in and they're just pretty, what's the point? What is the point? Exactly. The point? I say that all the time. The music. What is the point, you know? So, yeah, I think that's totally, it's totally true, man. And that's, that's what, that's, you know, that's why the theme of this podcast is keep rock alive, you know, (laughs) keep it alive. You know, it's alive and well, guitar music is alive and well, 
You know, I know that I know that you know the sixty cycle hum guys. They just did I their do. last. They just did their last episode all about uh, was Machine Gun Kelly and his Machine Gun <laughs> Kelly. Oh, you know, there was an article. There was an article on Billboard about is Machine Gun Pel- Kelly going to bring back guitar themed, you know, guitar centered, you know, pop to the mainstream. Oh my gosh. And you know, they went on and on about it. I, I think the answer is yes, he potentially could, but. Um, right. At the same time, but that's that's what we like to talk about on this podcast. At the same time, like it doesn't need to be in the mainstream. There's so much great stuff out there that you just have to go. And that that's why we're in kind of not a great time for guitar because it's not what you see on the Grammys. We talked about that last week, guys. Go check about check out our podcast about the Grammys. Even though you don't see it front and center at the Grammys, we're in this right. digital age where everything is accessible to you. And there's so many bands and artists out there playing guitar, any genre you want. You know, like Ryan was like, I want a band that's doing like, um, you know, um, what, what did he say? He goes, I want to find a band that's doing like the kind of stuff that um, in, 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 in excess was doing. And I was like, I bet you can find it. I bet there's a band out there doing it. I bet they're right. out there. Right. You know? So anyway, but so that's the thing, like if you look and you spend time, you will find these bands and these artists, you know, kind of looking, doing what you want to do. We, you know, we're re- really into the kind of seventies inspired rock when we love Les Pauls and Marshalls and we love loud stuff like that. And, and it's dirty and we love it. And there's so, and we, we find so many bands that are just kicking ass and this kind of yeah. stuff, you know? So and that's the thing. And yeah. what is mainstream anymore? Oh yeah. Totally true. Nothing. Oh, Oh, yeah. totally good point. Yeah. yeah. Nothing is mainstream anymore. When I was in college, so I'll give you a, just a little insight of the one and only time in my life I've ever been right about something that was going to happen in the future. Um, <laughs> that's it. One time. Wasn't man- the financial crisis of 2008? I, God, I wish. <laughs> I know, uh, right? <laughs> so the one and only time I was in college, uh, I was a, so I tell people I was a music major because that was my main thing. But the, the degree, the, the college I was at didn't really have a program for guitar. Right. Oh, okay. There wasn't a guitar bachelor of arts in music. So I ended up getting a bachelor of science in interdisciplinary science. I just call it. It's a it's BS and something. Um, uh, BSIS. Uh, so, BSIS. Yeah, I know all yeah, about it. Yeah. I did. Um, I did music and, and like that's where the majority of my credits were because I went through music theory, music history, music literature, form oh, and wow. analysis, all those things. Um composition conducting i learned how to conduct um oh, wow. that's cool yeah so but then i also took classes in audio engineering and so i did that for a little while and we were in a class where we, uh norbert putnam started the program Norbert putnam used to play bass for elvis presley um he was part of that whole muscle shoals sound oh yeah yeah and we were we were talking one day about the future of the music industry and I, I'm, I went back to school as a non-traditional student. So I'm, you know, I'm in my late twenties, mid to late twenties mm. and all the other kids are 18 to 22. And <laughs> so I was like, well, you know, the days of the national artists are dead. And this is like 27, 2007, 2008 around that oh, time. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, you what do you mean? I, I said, well, and this was right around the time that uh, EMI was closing. Yeah. And, you know, if EMI is shutting down, like one of the big five record labels is shutting down, you it's 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 a bad, bad day. And I said, well, the days of the national artists are dying. You're not going to see a whole lot of more um, platinum records on a national level. Uh, this was because of downloading. This was pre streaming. And I said, you're going to see That's the right. rise of the regional star again. They're going to be bands who are huge in smaller pockets. 
yep. you're going to see way fewer of the national and, and it wasn't that much longer until streaming took over um, when Taylor Swift put out 1989. That was the only platinum album that year. Yeah. Interesting. That's and I didn't was, realize that it was that's because she didn't put it on Spotify. Uh, that's right. She was in like the Spotify fight. She put her foot yep. down with them, which was awesome, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, she. <laughs> She she is not being heralded enough for her contributions oh, to yeah. other artists. Um, when she when she I can't remember the record label she left and where she went to, but she went to when she went to her new record label. Yeah, she leveraged her contract to get more money for streaming, but she didn't just use it for her. In her contract, she got more money for every artist on she their did. label for streaming. Yeah, like, she did. Yeah. Holy hell. That's so good. That's so she, cool. She, I mean, Taylor, I agree. I don't think she gets enough credit for that type of work that she does. Mm -hmm. I mean, she, I mean, you know, people are like, oh, she's like this pop kind of princess or country uh, princess as well. And it's like, she is like, she's wise beyond her years. The way that maybe she's got good people advising her, but I don't know. I, I, the way that she's able to spin things that are negative and turn them into hit songs and the way that she stands up for the rights of artists and herself. And it's kind of unbelievable. She's it kind really, of, is. she's a very, really, she's a very unique artist. I mean, she's unreal. But, she's incredible to me, you know? Yeah. So, I, and yeah. I think, I think more musicians should be paying attention to the model she's setting, not maybe not musically, but philanthropically, uh, you know, the way you approach other artists and the way you do things. I think that people totally. should pay more attention. Yeah, I think yeah. you're right, man. Yeah, but I think, you, about, I think you called it. No, go ahead. Dave. Yeah, no, we talked we talked about this last week, but just to, I don't you, did you hear that? So I guess Congress is kind of going after Spotify because of their discovery mode and the way that works is, oh, I guess they're they're, they're trying the to screw Spotify, the artists. They're trying yeah. to screw the artists because if the discovery <laughs> If the discovery mode doesn't like it doesn't bring downloads of other music from their catalog, that artist catalog, then the artist loses out. Meaning, like, oh. if you're, you know, so if you're like you're looking for a certain song or whatever, I guess is that's how discover. I don't know how exactly. How basically, what is works, is like Spotify takes credit. They're like, oh well, we're gonna take more credit because right. we su su suggested right. that song to you, right? The artists didn't like do all their own promotion where you went and searched for their name on Spotify. We suggested it because we suggested it. We take more of the cut. We take more. What, money. A, yep. what a screw job. <laughs> oh, that, that's a, I, I hope. And as a Spotify user, I absolutely hope they lose just hand over fist in that situation. Yeah, I I hope we, we agree with that. I'm all yeah. for understanding that, hey, you developed the platform. It's super easy to use. It's awesome. It people, it's <laughs> awesome. It does a lot of great things. They've upped the sound quality, which as an audio engineering nerd, I really appreciate. Yes. Uh, and but at the same time, it's sort of like, oh, God, I'm going to die. I'm going to divert. I'm sorry. I'm warning you ahead of time. He's getting into it. <laughs> it's kind of the what same are we getting thing into, Phil? when so <laughs> the NFL. Yes, I'm about to make this parallel. Uh, he's going to go into it. All right. I love, NFL, I love it already. NFL is the highest grossing sports organization on the planet. No, no, not MLB, not NBA, not NHL, not PGA, not it. No, nobody else, not Premier League soccer. Nobody brings in as much money as the NFL, right? 
Did yep. you know that? And I know there are a lot of people who are like, oh, sports athletes shouldn't make so much money, blah, blah, blah. And not here to make that argument. That's not what we're arguing here. So scratch that. We'll talk about that. That's a whole other topic. Actually, that um, is a whole other topic. That's a great topic, by the way. Yeah, it is a whole <laughs> other topic that I will fight people on that they earn every bit of that. But that's not. Well, the well uh, yeah. And I, and I would argue have, they we'll should get, I should argue they should get paid a ton more because yes. they create more of the value anyway. Well, here's that's, right. that's where I'm going. So yeah. NFL is the highest grossing sports organization on the planet. Did you know the NFL players on average are the least paid professional athlete per year? In those uh, major yes. sports, I, they I, are. I did, this is, I did this not is a know that. this is a this is a consistent argument year after year when when athletes are especially like the premier positions are, are constantly yeah. looking to 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 boost their per year contract and and it's and they and they and people complain all you know like you said all these uh, they make a ton of money already they don't deserve it all they are they are building the foundations year after year for the next generation of players exactly. and if they don't if they don't stand up for their for their for their value now then future players will never see the value in their contracts. Well, and this is the thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. and arguably NFL players put their bodies through far more hell. Totally. MLB pays more per player per year. NBA pays more per yep. player per year. Um, PGA, MLS, maybe not MLS. I don't remember if that was in my, <laughs> I, I had a whole, I had a spreadsheet. Yes, I had a spreadsheet. You had a spreadsheet. Um, oh. Yes, I had a spreadsheet because I wanted to know, well, here's the thing. Here's where I'm going to parallel it over to Spotify. So if they're the least paid per year per player, but yeah. NFL is the highest grossing revenue sports organization on the planet, where's the money going? They're already using tax dollars to build their stadiums. So that's not where it's going. It's going to these owners, man. It's going to the owners. owners. So Spotify, stop stealing from the reason you have a platform. That's right. This is what we we said this last. I love that. I I love that statement that say that again, stop stealing. Exactly. Because and this is the thing. There's billions of dollars going around on this thing. And we actually I drew this parallel to um, like the streaming services like Netflix. These are if you're, you know, Tom Cruise and you put a movie on Netflix, you're getting a big payday to make that movie. He's getting his 30, 40 million dollars to make a movie because he says this is what it costs. If you want a movie from me, this is what it costs. Yep. And they pay it. They can somehow pay these big names. And if you look at Netflix and Amazon streaming and what are the other streaming, name all the streaming services, they all have these huge names. You know, they're spending a fortune. I think like Netflix, um, like I think their production budget is like billions, right? Oh, absolutely. And it's like, why can they somehow afford to do this? And Spotify can't actually give these artists the the paid day they're due at $10 a month. I, I was going on a tangent last week where I said, you know, you know, I'd be willing to pay a little bit more if it meant the artist got a little bit more, you yep. know, like I'd be, yeah, I think a lot of, people, but you can't guarantee that's the problem. No, I'm not the casual like, fan. Yeah. The casual you can't fan guarantee won't. that. Yeah. And you can't guarantee that the, that the artist is going to see that money either because you can, you can believe all you want from what Spotify would say, but do you really believe what Spotify unless it was government regulated Dave? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we're talking a whole different thing, but that's a whole different tangent, <laughs> but, um, but it is but interesting. Here are these artists that are making Spotify, you know, billions of dollars, and and they're the reason that they're making the money. You should at least yep. give these artists their fair share because yeah, and I, are, I'm not I'm not saying Spotify shouldn't make a profit. I'm not saying no, of, course yeah. of course they, they should. Yeah, of course they should. Good, but you, they've got to learn to balance it to get the money where it's going. That's actually creating the platform from them to have. It's why I'm a big believer, huge believer that if you really love a band, if you really love an artist, 
buy their merch, buy their yeah, album. That's what we do. That's Go what to we band do. Camp. Yep. Uh, yeah. One of my favorite bands. I've had them on my uh, artists. I've had them on my podcast. Joey, Joey Landreth. I love the brothers. Oh, wow. Yeah, I love great. Joey. Uh, so I give to their Patreon every month because I want them to be able to keep doing what they're doing. Like that's oh, yeah, that. totally. Uh, you know, I, I'm I just recently with the podcast Patreon, I finally bring in more a month than I give out to other creators. I just, <laughs> just crossed that threshold. Great Good for you, man. Yeah. So because um, I'm a big believer in supporting what people are doing because they're not getting they're not getting the money from YouTube. Uh, you mentioned Ryan Burke from 60 Cycle Home. Oh, if, yeah. If you think that the money YouTube pays him is the reason he can oh, afford doing the content he's doing, there's no way. Not yeah, even a chance. No. It's no, all about yeah. yeah, you're right. It's all about the companies that yeah. are paying him to do the demos and stuff. Yeah, we talked about that on his episode. So yeah, man. I mean, it is. It's 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 a grind. These large companies that control these platforms have this power. And you know, there's some fight that's gotta come to them. Right. Well, the control like, is it's just very different because like back, I mean, the model back in the day was like the big record deal. Right. And they so mm -hmm. record companies had control over you. However, they were still paying these bigger names, big money. Yeah. So if you're a, if you're a band, if you're an artist, you were seeing some of that some of that money coming in nowadays. You know, the model is completely different. And Spotify knows that you're just this little teeny artist out there trying to promote yourself. Yeah, sure. We'll, we'll put you we'll put you on our platform, but we're not going to pay you. Yeah, yeah, well, gonna, and, yeah, and fate was a fate was against the artist too. And I hate to be like this, but what the the what ended up happening because streaming was such a brand new platform. So I don't know, I don't know if y'all have ever really gone, gone had the opportunity to go through a record contract and see how it's all broken down. So no. every revenue stream, a record contract isn't as cut and dry as a lot of people think it is. It's not, hey, we're gonna give you this much money to cut That's seven right. records, blah blah blah. If they make this much more, you get X Y Z. No, no, no. There is a breakdown of percentage of every revenue revenue stream you will get x percent of cd sold you will get x percent of jukebox plays you will get x percent of radio plays you'll get x percent of sync licensing yeah xyz well what happened when streaming came along streaming was this brand new technology nobody understood how to price it it ended up falling into a revenue stream that tradition and i wish i could give you more of the specifics but i don't have the data <laughs> in front of me anymore like i normally you know if would have i prepared for anything i don't know how i would have prepared for this but <laughs> it, so it fell into a revenue stream that traditionally brought in almost no money I can't remember the title for that revenue stream, but there was some place that it fell into That's on the contract. And that revenue stream was usually one that the artist gave up a massive percent. We're talking 80, 90 percent wow. to the record label because it was sort of a token. OK, here's some money for you because this doesn't bring in anything anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah. All of these pre-existing record contracts really got screwed on streaming because now the record label's getting 90% of streaming because it fell into this revenue stream category. Yep. Yep. Interesting. That's real interesting. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing, right? It's a new world. And, and we talk about this a lot on the podcast as well. It's like, you know, go out there and see the bands live, go out there and buy their merch. If they have Patreons, just like you said, support them on the Patreon. Yeah. I remember like over the pandemic, I felt so bad for these bands that I couldn't go and see them live. So I was like buying, I got like a bunch of t-shirts from right. my favorite bands. <laughs> Cause I was like, I gotta do something. I did like some, some of them would do like live streams and I would pay for their live streams and, and those are fun. And, you know, but yeah, go out there and support your artists because when you think about, this is what, we, another thing we mentioned last week, 
it's unbelievable what we have, the catalog of music we have at our uh, fingertips for like 10 bucks a month. It's, it's mind like, blowing. it's my, that's why I say like, I'd pay a lot more. Maybe everybody wouldn't, but yeah. I would, but you know, but I do it in the form of let's go and support these artists that I like. So yeah, no, I think it's totally, it's totally true, man. It's just, it's a new world and it's a struggle for artists. It's both a struggle and it's good because. And a lot of people don't understand that out though, there. What you're yeah. saying, Matt, a, a lot of artists don't. I mean, a lot of people don't understand that, that a lot of these artists that are out there, you know, just trying to make, they're making ends meet, but they seem like they're making a lot of money because they're, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. available on Spotify. They're available on Apple music. They're touring all these things, but they're really just, they're, they're kind of, some of these artists are just kind of breaking even and doing, no, doing what true. they love. So you got to get out there and support them right now. A reminder that if you're you're seeing an artist on tour and you think they're making money on that tour and you don't buy merch from them, they didn't make any money on that tour because they're <laughs> losing they're losing money traveling and playing music. Yeah, yeah it's expensive it to put. These it's expensive. On. It's so hugely true. expensive. Yeah, it's these other streams that they have to they have to come up. That's why you know it's actually cool for the consumer when you think of it because a lot of bands. We'll do like, um, you know, meet and greets and, you know, VIP things and those kind of things. It's like you can take advantage. Yeah, it costs some money, but you can take advantage of this stuff. Like Joe Bonamassa is the poster child for how to do this well. Right. Yep. Like you can get the Joe Bonamassa tie. We joke about Dave and I love to joke about the Joe Bonamassa back scratcher. You know, <laughs> like these are real products. Yeah. <laughs> well, not, not only that, but Joe, Joe Bonamassa broke the mold of how to tour. So instead of somebody paying him a price to go there, he actually rents the venues he plays. Yeah. He pays to rent their space. He brings in the vendors. He brings in the merch. He brings in everything. So he's getting all of the ticket price, all of the merch. Well, how do you think he affords all the bursts? Oh, no, all he does quite well. Trust, right? <laughs> he does he quite well for himself. And a lot of people totally. need to realize uh, uh, one that's, oh, it's a big one. And because we've already mentioned her, I'll give you a, I'll, I'll bring Taylor Swift does not make that much money on tour. She makes her money in merch sales. I think I, I heard. It. I think I heard the average merch night for Taylor Swift can range somewhere between half a million and 750,000. Wow. Wow. She she sells merch. Now, y'all, if y'all want to research that number and find out I'm completely wrong, (laughs) that's fine. I don't doubt that. Even if I'm completely wrong, it's still a massive number she brings in in merch sales. And that's why they, they make the money on the tour because people buy stuff. That's that's just like your local movie house. If you want your local movie theater to stay open, stop bringing in your own snacks. That's right. It's true. It's 100% true. Stop being cheap. Just bring, just buy a a $10 tub of popcorn. What's wrong with you people? Anyway, movie theaters get, I think it's something like they get 10% of ticket sales for the first two weeks of a movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's very percent has to go back to the movie. It's very little. Yeah, yeah. That's how these studios make. That's why it still goes to the goes to the theaters. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah, it's such a game. It's such a game. And a lot of people don't understand that. So, yeah, get out there and support these artists Buy their merch Buy, But you know what? I'm a big supporter of physical music. So buy a CD. Come no, on. No, no, that's get, that's lame. Get, Just get buy the T-shirt. The, <laughs> uh, buy the T-shirt and the CD. Yes. Or the vinyl or the or the record. The, or the yeah, vinyl, if you're into you know? vinyl, if you're into like hi-fi yeah. and that stuff, that's cool. Yeah, the vinyl school. Yeah. Anyway, so Philip, before we wrap up, like speaking of of bands to support, can you give us one like we were talking about earlier? One of the things 
that we talk about is keep rock alive or keep bands alive <laughs> on this podcast. You have any bands that you'd like to our listeners to know about? We like to give people bands every week that that may have not have heard of that they should check out. Have yeah, any? I have no idea if someone's already mentioned this band, but um, a, another genre that sort of passed me by when it was popular that I came back to and I'm getting into is um, pop punk. Okay, it, cool. Me by, uh, and there is a band that I discovered through TikTok called Magnolia Park. Okay, you need to check out Magnolia Park. Awesome. Um, uh, and and to get on, you know, my my uh, little bit of uh, you know, being a little woke, uh, whatever people want to call him, be mad at me, whatever. But it's 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 a it's a <laughs> person you, of man. color fronted. Yeah, it's a person of color fronted pop punk band which is very very rare wow and, that is cool yeah, yeah. rare and uh they are incredible that's they awesome. are absolutely magnolia incredible. magnolia park magnolia park they are on I'll spotify and they i'm sure they have uh also records and t-shirts you can buy we're gonna go check them out this is awesome what yeah. what are they what kind of guitars do they play oh that's <laughs> i don't remember <laughs> i've mostly listened to them oh okay all right yeah well that we like to talk I'll about that too out. we're like what gear are they because we are, like when we talk about bands we are, dave and i always have to go on youtube and we're like what are they playing what's going on <laughs> yeah no i've done that too so in the last <laughs> minute or so here let's do a quick he's um, gonna pull it up and just i'm just get gonna do pictures. a google search i'm gonna yeah. yeah i'm gonna do a quick google search for images magnolia park i'm sure they'll have some pictures with guitars um actually no because i found pictures of a park band google wasn't listening to you ahead of time so obviously they yeah, didn't, obviously didn't know that they magnolia they were looking park. for something music related yeah let's see so magnolia park band there's a picture of the band looks like stingray bass okay uh, very cool playing a tele white telecaster and oh, okay cool. it's very pop punk okay yeah and it looks like that might be a yamaha s style oh interesting yeah, huh. well, that's right, well, cool. Magnolia Park. Yeah, all right, guys. Right, we will check them out. out. You heard we'll it check here. Them, check them out. Yeah, you heard it here. I, check them out, man. Okay, yeah, that's it, awesome. It, it's a great show. It, and like Matt said, it's so it's everything's in your fingertips. So now you hear somebody says, "Hey, check these guys out." You can so easily you can go immediately check the band out. Yep. Yeah, There's and no like excuse. you said, if you like them, you can go and support them. And be like, "All right, I'm going to go buy a T-shirt." You know what I mean? Yeah. Or whatever. You know, yeah, if, if these. Yeah, you know, it's it's really fun. Um, that reminds me, Dave, we got to go get some T-shirts of these bands that we uh, shouted out to give them a little help. We absolutely do. <laughs> and I'll, I'll give you a creative way if you want to support your favorite band. Yeah. Um, and if you find a band that you love and you go to buy merch and you realize they don't have merch, offer to pay for their merch to get made. Oh, that's cool. Offer oh, to get them some stickers made or some patches made or yep. you, know, you don't have to like pay for a thousand dollar run of T-shirts. You can go over to Sticker Mule. They run weekly specials on Sticker Mule. I think this week is uh, you can get 50 circle stickers for twenty nine bucks. Oh, Tell the bank, you, you know what? I'll pay for you to get 50 circle stickers that you can sell at your shows. Yeah, that's cool. Oh, yeah, that's that's cool. a great shout, man. Wow. I would think of that. That's awesome, dude. Cool, man. Well, listen, Philip, this has been awesome ha having yeah. you on. Check out the 40 watt podcast, guys. Great yeah, podcast. Phillip, shout out your, shout out, shout out your uh, socials so everybody knows. Yeah. So uh, in, uh, basically everywhere, it's 40 watt podcast. That is four zero watt podcast. Not the not spell it out. 
I never even thought about that until someone brought it to my attention. Uh, 40watt podcast, uh, 40 is the website. Right now it's uh, mostly just links to everything and some some blurbs about each episode, although I'm hoping to maybe start doing some blogging over there about gear and music and things like that. So you maybe see some entries over there eventually. But yeah, cool, you find me everywhere. Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, all the things. Awesome. Very dude. Thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, yeah. we appreciate yeah. it, man. Well, that was man. a that was a fun, a fun hangout with uh, with Philip. And uh, I think that was the, the this week's Guitar Dads podcast. Check us out on all the socials, Dave. Shout, shout out the socials for Guitar Dads. Yeah, don't forget us on uh, Instagram <laughs> at Guitar at Guitar Dads Pod. Uh, you can join our group on Facebook at Guitar Dads Podcast. We're, we're and, not going to uh, ask you any questions if you want to join the group. You can join the group. <laughs> Phillips in the group. He'll he'll Phillips in the group. He'll say hi to you as well. He'll say I'll, hi. I'll ask all the questions. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> when you join the group, we'll ask you questions. But we're going to yes. ask you questions to join. All right. Anyway, yeah, yeah. And you can find us on YouTube too. Uh, just search Guitar Dads. Uh, but yeah, that was uh, that was a fun week. And uh, what do you think, Matt? I think that's it, everybody. Keep rock alive. We'll catch you guys on the flip. <laughs>